0: Hi everyone, this is Ronnie from Everything Vive. I'm here at E3 2018 and I have the pleasure of speaking with Troy Edwards from HTC Vive. Uh, Troy, how are you doing? Hey, good man.
1: Thanks for coming by. Uh, yeah,
0: thank you so much. So, uh, what are we here? Uh, kind of. I know we're at the Display Link uh, booth. Can you tell us a little bit about, about what HTC's, uh, uh, you know, working on with with display link and what you guys are showing
1: yeah sure so uh display is uh one of our partners on the upcoming vive wireless adapter and so what DisplayLink does they make the codec and the chipset uh, that allows you to transmit wireless vr in okay. a low latency high performance way um, okay. and that's part of the technology that's built into the upcoming Vive wireless adapter
0: okay so it's the chipset that that like accepts the signal being sent to it or Correct. is that yes. okay
1: yes and allows the transmission back and forth so the great part about uh, Vibe is, as you guys know, is you can you know take advantage of a 15 by 15 play area. Now with, but we still have heard a lot of people that say, you know what the number one I really like the idea of VR but still I don't like the idea of a tether mm-hmm. um, so the next thing that we're taking um, really trying to knock off is this you know go to go wireless on a, in a premium VR way and okay. that's what the Vibe Wireless all
0: about. Okay and, and as far as like I'm I'm looking at the setup here cuz yeah in at the display Link booth uh, they're offering you know a, a, a wireless demo here um, playing Serious Sam, uh, w- besides besides the actual receiver that's attached to the headset, yeah. uh, what's what kind of hardware is required? Is there are there additional um, things that you need to hang on your walls or? Sure.
1: So uh, it does require a PCIe slot available in your desktop. Okay. And then from that, you're going to run out an adapter which you see up on the wall there. So you see the lighthouses and then yeah. that second uh, that second like looks like a little mini camera. Yeah. Uh, that is actually picking up the wireless signal that is running back to the PC behind the wall here. That okay. You're
0: and would you only need one of those? Correct. Um, so for the it'll, player? Ship, it'll
1: ship with one of those, and then uh, the atta- it attaches to to Vive or Vive Pro in seconds, uh, okay. and then it'll run an external battery into your pocket or onto your belt clip or whatever that might be, and then that battery will power this for about two to three hours.
0: Awesome. And as far as like installation is concerned, I mean, once you you know install it onto the headset, is there just like a quick software program to run and yep. and, it, and it just. It just works. Yeah,
1: so there's a wireless utility um, that you will install, and that will run in addition to you know
0: Steam, or Four
1: when that's running, um, and then that'll just handle all the transmission.
0: Okay, and as far as you know, I mean, I know I. I know it's a, it's like a premium product. You guys wouldn't be releasing it if it wasn't, you know, pretty much like free. But, I mean, in your experience, have uh, are there any kind of differences between being wired versus wireless? No, the whole
1: goal is that there is no difference that you do not notice between them because on Vive we're really it's really important to us to maintain that 90 frames per second. Yeah. Um, and if we wouldn't introduce a product that was going to take that in, because anytime you start dropping frames or you, otherwise, you know, people might start feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we wouldn't want to release that product otherwise.
0: Okay. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, as far as it, it, I know you, you mentioned the Vive Pro, it fully supports the higher resolution of the five. Uh, yep, with the Vive correct. Pro as well as the original? Yeah, so that's one of the things
1: that DisplayLink is really bringing to the mix is their codec uh, does a really, really great job of taking high amounts of data and compressing it to VR and then we transmit it back and forth. Um, they've seen really no performance drop off on Vive Pro.
0: Okay, awesome. And as far as the setup here, I mean, I know uh, this is a little bit different than what most people will have in their homes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you, I know you said that, you know, earlier today people were using Kennedy's kind of like, chain... Yeah. Ch- chain guns with with the demo and all of that. Like, uh, do you know anything about like how the how the screen setup here works? Or? Oh,
1: I I don't, but I'm happy to pull in one of the displaying guys uh, to okay. built this out to chat about that. Uh, okay. The, the crow team uh, did crow team did build a custom demo for this um, okay. from Sirius stand the last hope, um, which you guys have probably seen before. Yeah. And so they did do a custom build to kind of enable display space and side by side so that you can get um, two people in to see this. Okay. And, um, and so. Uh, DisplayLink actually reached out to them, and said, "Here's our booth space. Here's what's available. What can you help us with?" Uh, and they came up with the guns. They came up with kind of the custom build as well. Awesome. And what? Then we threw wireless on top of it just to really show, you know, the possibilities of that. Yeah.
0: Point. No, because something I've noticed from playing, I, I, I've had a little bit of time with with uh, the DisplayLink uh, system, but uh, you know, wireless VR really uh, allows people to behave differently. Like it's yes. one of those things, like, oh yeah, it's kind of annoying having yes. a wire. But, but I don't think people fully realize the difference it makes. You actually play like completely differently. I think once you don't have that yeah. that holding you back. So
1: we did before we announced the adapter at CES, we did a survey of about 1,000 uh, wireless intenders, or I'm sorry, VR intenders. Yeah. Uh, people that are expecting to get into VR in some way, shape, or form. Ninety-seven percent of those people came back and said, we, "I expect my headset to be wireless." Wow. So you know, for us, we've continuously improved the vibe over the original. Um, by introducing the Deluxe Audio Strap, by making components a little bit lighter, making the 3-in-1 cable better. We continued that with Vive Pro upping the resolution, and we think this is really tackling that next obstacle. Yeah. Um, you know, Kind of really knocking off those complaints, if you're calling them, about VR, or reasons not to jump into VR today.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Troy. I, I, I look forward to trying it out here at the at the show floor, and and hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to somebody from Display DisplayLink as well. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming by. All right, thank you. Hi everyone. This is Ronnie from Everything Vive. I'm here at E3 2018, still at the DisplayLink booth. But now I have the pleasure uh, to to be speaking with Andy Davis. He is here with DisplayLink, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about about the demos that they're showing off here at the show floor, as well as some of the, the technology behind DisplayLink. Uh, hi, Andy. Nice to nice to meet you here, and thanks for having me.
2: No, it's really great to have you here. So. You know, as you mentioned, I'm Andy Davis, Director of Marketing for Displaying. So I look after all of our events, outbound marketing, PR outreach, and promotions. Um, We're here at the show at at E3 because we really want to push the boundaries of what you can do with VR. Um, VR, typically, is is, you know, from an experiential point of view, when you're in VR, it's mind-blowing. What we've tried to do here at the show is to actually make it much more inclusive. So, you know, what do I mean by that? Well. We wanted to take it up a level. For the people in VR, they have that fantastic time. But for the queue of people who are waiting, you know, it's like, what's going on? What's going on? So what we did was we've put in a five-meter by two and a half-meter LED wall, and we've worked with Crow Team on Sirius Sam with a custom build, which enables us to have a third-person camera view external to the game, such that effectively, what your you know, the experience is. Um, you've got a guy here in the game. He's shooting up monsters as they're coming at him. They're coming at him life-size yep. out of this wall. The, the guys, you know, in *Serious Sam, you have these guys that are carrying bombs. They've got no heads. It's kind of funky. <laughs> um, but they're running at you, and they're bigger than you are. I, Which, yeah not to interrupt
0: you but i have really never seen anything like it when i came when i came by the booth first to check it out and just seeing i mean like every well, yeah for for those that aren't able to to be here to witness it in themselves i mean literally the person that's playing vr is in front of this massive screen and on the screen i mean it, it looks like like you're you're able to see in the real world what the players experiencing inside the headset, exactly. like live in person.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, we haven't done what they call a first-person view. First-person view is what you see through the headset. Yeah. That's why this third-person camera view has become so critical. Yeah, yeah. So the game has this, has this. Uh, to try and describe it for your, for your for your listeners, the game has this, like, plate that you stand on in the game. Okay. And what, that, what we've done is we've been able to extend the plate with the third-person view to effectively make you feel like... You're stood behind the guy in the game.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. So the
2: guy in the game, he's looking through the headset. Everyone else in the audience is, is looking around, effectively like being in a theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a theater view, and they're seeing these full-scale monsters running at the guy that's in VR. So it becomes really much more inclusive, really much more social, if you will, Yeah. Um, from a VR perspective, VR experience perspective. Now, whilst that sounds great, that wasn't enough. So, you know, one thing of being in charge of of outbound marketing is everyone always comes to me and says, okay, that's good, but could you press on the gas even harder? So what we've done is to take that upper gear. Serious Sam, for those people who may be familiar with the Serious Sam franchise, um, sorry, the Serious Sam game sequence, um, Serious Sam has a huge gun called a mini gun. This thing is a little bit like a Gatling gun that you can strap around your neck and point at people. It's not the lightest thing in the world. No. Um, So we've actually wired up real ones of these with a Vive controller, so the tracking of where the gun is really maps to the game. When you press on the trigger, the trigger on the real gun is mapped to the trigger on the Vive controller. That's so cool. And then as you pull the trigger, the whole gatlin gun end rotates around yeah now you know you may say well you can't see that when you're in vr but actually in vr you see a virtual mapping of that so when you look down you see the gun and the real gun's moving And the real gun is moving so you're getting that feedback (laughs) in your hands which really makes you feel like this is really happening but then to everyone outside they're also seeing people carrying this gun moving this gun around shooting this gun and we found so far, it's, it's something like everybody just wants to be a part of.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can tell you when you walk by the booth, in, immediately you're like, "What is this?" Right. And, then, and then, and then you see that screen. You see the like you said, like I, I've, I mean, you see a lot of people doing you know mixed reality style, like using green screens and all this stuff. Right. I mean, this is like in person. Being able to to yeah. watch your friends play VR and, and really be engaged in the experience, right?
2: You know, I mean, a TV experience for this is fantastic. Yeah, but you know, sadly, no one has for today a five meter by two and a half meter TV. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it might a little bit expensive. <laughs> um, but you know the, what we've done here is is really to try and bring it in for the crowd yeah
0: um, no it's a great way to show I mean E3 is all about spectacle and I think yeah. uh, demoing VR can sometimes be hard I mean not to not to poo poo anything else that I see on the show floor or anything but I mean yeah you walk by some play, the PlayStation VR and like you know like they're it looks like you want to go and play the games right. but you know you see someone in a headset sitting in a dark room yeah this is not that <laughs> this, is,
2: this is about the experience you know? yeah and to, to me and, and I think to this planning, and I, I think you know I can probably speak to Vive as well here is that the experience and the level of immersion that's what it's all about yeah so when you're in the game you're fully immersed and you should be fully immersed yeah so you know what we've done of course is we've got our tech in the headset which is enabling you to be wireless mm-hmm one of the aspects of wireless is that when you don't feel the cable, your immersion level, you know, you're fully immersed. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, you know, traditional gaming, you're in one location. You're not really moving around so much. Okay. So, partnering with Team for this one, what we've done is we've enabled this large area, so we have a 30 foot by 20 foot space out there. You can actually run around in there. It, it, the technology will track you wherever you move. You can run around in circles, you're not going to tie yourself up at all. Um, But the technology will not drop. So there's a lot of things happening in the background here. We're using a a 60 gig connection link, which is running from antennas. We've got the latest Vive antennas up on the wall. Mm -hmm. That's connecting down to the headset. So the Vive Wireless adapter then is on top of the headset. Now the beauty of that is that working with Vive to make this happen, what we've done is we've been able to create a device, which effectively you could look at it like an accessory. Mm. And regardless of whether you're using a, you know, the first version Vive or the mm-hmm. Vive Pro, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. What they've done, which is really unique, is they put connections on the front. So the vibe the first version Vive, the three cables came out of the front of the headset. Yeah. You can pop up that little lid, pull out those three cables. They send you when you buy the Vive wireless adapter. There's going to be a new cable loom. Okay. You could drop that in and run with the Vive version one. Okay. If you if you've bought the Vive Pro. Mm the cable loom's different. Mm. So they got a custom cable loom, a little bit different, look really nice on the Vive Pro. That cable goes around and goes into the back. Okay. So the same module can run with the, the Vive or the Vive Pro. And that's fantastic because, you know, you, you're likely to see a lot of people who are going to migrate from one to the other. Yeah. Now, technology-wise, you know, if we, if we look into the depths of this for a second, between the Vive and the Vive Pro, mm-hmm. those guys are pushing, like, 78% more pixels. Yeah it's huge yeah
0: yeah it's a huge difference now
2: we talk about levels of immersion that takes it to a new level Mm -hmm. add in then on the Vive Pro you've got surround sound 3d sound (laughs) yeah now obviously behind us you know you can hear the game going on here Um, we've brought that 3d sound into the gameplay area as well so in this theater environment we've also got 3d sound happening so when you're in there you know, you can hear it, but again, everyone else around is getting that 3D
0: effect happening. That's awesome. And it's different than like, than having just a 5.1 setup in your house. Like right. it's, it, the, 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 the three dimensionality as far as like being accurate to where you're standing in the room with that three, that that with that third person camera probably right. makes a big difference. Oh right? yeah,
2: hugely. I mean, you know, the beauty, again, you know, we've got the Vive Pro, we've got the Base Station 2s, which yep. are beautiful, they track yep. you perfectly. So we know where the person is all the time. The audio knows where the person is, so we can map that in 3D space. Um, the headset has 3D audio, so the guy can clock that down and he's not going to hear the crowd when they're screaming and shouting outside <laughs> and having a lot of fun, but you know, the outside guys can all enjoy the experience together, and I think that's that's really what it comes to making a, a really
0: great show. Awesome. And as far as, I mean, getting back to the technology behind Jesus. DisplayLink, the, the wireless adapter itself. Yeah. Um, it, was it was it a challenge adapting the 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 hardware to work across the Vive and Vive Pro, like for the resolution
2: differences that you talked about, or was That's a great 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 question? So our background, Displaying's background, is actually doing corporate enterprise solutions. Okay. So for years, most people would know us from adapters and docking stations that you may have in a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. Um, we we first set out to solve the problem of multiple displays on notebooks and things like that where you can't add you can't take it apart and add it a big graphics card. You know? yeah, it's it's yeah. not like the PC model. Yeah. Um, so that's actually our background. So multiple displays and productivity is something we've always done. And how does that map into the VR space? Well if you look inside the VR headset, you've still got multi-displays. You've got two displays, one for each eye now. Yeah. So that to us was like, well, we've kind of done this forever. Yeah yeah. Now the interesting thing is the way we built our solution is, is very much a custom codec. So we don't use anything that's you know a standard JPEG or anything like that out there. We're not you know some people call the technology screen scraping. You take an image of a frame of a video and send that frame. Okay. That's not what DisplayLink does. We've built it from scratch and we built it in a way that can dynamically adjust. Now this is very very important when you come to do things like wireless gaming because the reality is. On the wireless headset, you have two antenna arrays, and as you're moving around, you, you know you're not in a static position. Mm-hmm. So as you're moving around, the bandwidth changes as the user moves. Mm. Now, you know the easiest way for me to explain this is: this this isn't Netflix. You're not streaming to a buffer and mm. then playing a video. Yeah. This is live gaming. Yeah. There's no room for latency. Yeah. So what we have to do here is actually we dynamically adjust. As the bandwidth changes, hmm. we can change what we're sending in flight. Hmm. We can send partial updates, part of screens, pixels, whatever
0: and we the, need And does, is the receiver what's determining? Like, how does it, it what, what, what determines
2: what bandwidth is? How does this is, work? Yeah. So, in, inside the headset, there is a radio antenna. And for this particular one, it's an Intel-based radio antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's working in the 60 gig spectrum. Okay. Behind that, so all of the signal that's beaming in beams over 60 gig. When it gets into the headset, it then hits a display chip, and, and the display chip then takes that codec data, decompresses it in real time, and sends it to the two panels for okay. your left and right eye. At the same point in time, the antenna knows Kind of where you are. 60 gigahertz has beam format which enables to track you a little bit and the beam will kind of follow you around. Okay. And it determines based on signal strength well, what's going on. We can look at that and there's a lot of metrics behind here, you know, there's a lot of rocket science behind here. Yeah. But there's, there's data on the antenna that we take into the input on how we adjust our compression. Huh. Combined with the content happening in the game yeah and how we need to compress different elements maybe to a different level huh. and we do all of that in real time at a subframe level mm. so we're not a, we're not like a you know, some people call it light switch technology yeah. where you're compressing or you're not compressing it. yeah yeah for us you can think of it like lots of different gears of a car or hundreds of layers. We can jump. We can not jump one by one, or we can jump to any compression layer that we need to hmm. to deal with a specific area in real time in flight. Hmm. And there's so many areas that we can adjust, and we do that. And that's you know that's kind of the, the IP and the, the and custom does, pixie dust, if you will, behind sure. behind the tech. And, and just curious, like, does the does, so
0: is is the hardware behind it smart enough to kind of uh, so the differences between the, the original Vive and the Vive the Vive Pro, for an example. Um, obviously, those are going to be like you know, sending quite a bit different and you know, oh, yeah. huge, uh, amount, of different huge data. amount of different data. Um, did you have to go in there and, and really like like uh, uh, make sure that one was effectively working versus the other, or does it? Like, I'm I'm kind of thinking more for future proofing, like for, for products down the line. Is does, does does the hardware react to the data set no matter what you're kind of putting in, so or is part of
2: part of the Part of the solution from displaying is probably the best way for me to explain this is like scalability. <laughs> so you know, if I if I bring an analogy across to the enterprise side, you know, you may today have two 1080p monitors on your screen, mm-hmm. and you hope to get a 4K. Yeah. We already have that scaling capability built into our technology, but hmm. you can take a docking station, for instance, from Dell or even Packard today that uses display technology. Yeah. And you can daisy chain another one. So you could go from 2.4K to 4.4K just by plugging in another device. The scalability is inherently built into our chips Hmm. and inherently built into our software. So much so so that just last month at Interop, we showed eight 4K displays connected over a single USB Gen USB 3.1 Gen 1. Wow. <laughs> so five gigs per second driving eight times 4K. Yeah. So you know what, what what does that tell you? Well, that tells you we have a ton of headroom. Yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes to the Vive and the Vive Pro, there's a huge difference. 78% jump is not small. Yeah. And the data is moving at a different rate. We're talking the difference of 60 frames per second to 90 frames per second, moving from standard PCs through to VR. Yeah. So the data we're pushing is, is immense. Yeah. However, what we did on our VR chipset, which is the 8020 20 chipset, when we designed this chipset, we designed to have multiple generations of headsets supported. So in actual fact, before we even had line of sight to the Vive Pro, yeah. we built the tech to have that scalability built in. And it's kind of what we do. You know, building a chipset today that only has one gem would be a mistake. You wouldn't yeah. really be, you know, we're, we're a world leader in our position, and we're there because we build in that scalability. And we're renowned for that scalability. So moving from Vive to Vive Pro actually was kind of a simple, plug it in, couple of tweaks, boom, you're done. Hmm, no change on the hardware. That's amazing. That. Yeah, that's Software the... was, was an update. We can always update software. Okay. Um, we have a fantastic software team. So that flexibility to us... It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a blocker at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. That's,
0: that's great information. And I don't know, have you guys uh, announced like a release date or pricing
2: or anything like that yet? Or? So that, that really is over to Vive. Um, okay. The end products are going to be a Vive products, For this okay. particular one. Um, we, we typically don't tread on their toes when it's response to... No, the, fair the, enough. The product level. Um, our job here primarily is marketing and promotion of the experience and the product. Um, it's going to be coming to, to, to market really soon. What you're seeing here, are, are, you know, from my, my understanding, absolute production-ready units. Um, but pricing will be announced really, really soon.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate the uh, the in-depth, uh, you know, explanation of how all this tech works, and I'm excited to, to go and try it again for myself. Terrific, Ronnie. It's great to catch up. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much, Andy. Cheers.